Hey, y'all. Greetings, friends and brethren in the Lord. Welcome to Voice in the Wilderness. I'm Don Noble of Pure Heart Ministries, and I welcome you with exceedingly, exceedingly great joy. Well, I'm coming to you from downtown Wheeling, West Virginia, at the Capitol Theater, WWVA, 1170 AM, and I am excited to be with you today. Today, my message is titled, Kiss the Bridegroom. We're going to be reading out of the New King James Version Bible, and we'll be looking at Matthew chapter 25, verses 1 through 13, and For those of you who are familiar with this chapter, it's the parable of the ten virgins. So, Father, I just thank you for my listening audience. Lord, I ask you to bless them. I ask you to give them a hunger and thirst for righteousness, a hunger and thirst to to love you and to know you and to run hard after you. Father, I thank you for each one. I thank you, Father, for giving them ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to them today. In Jesus' mighty name. Father, we ask you as well just to bless this word, bless this message. And Father, I just thank you that it would pierce hearts today. Strengthen your people. Help them to run this race strong to the finish. In Jesus' name. Amen. So this is the parable of the wise and foolish virgins. And it starts in verse 1. Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now five of them were wise and five were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. But while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight a cry was heard. Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for our lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, No, lest there should not be enough for us and you. But go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came. And those who were ready went in with him to the wedding, and the door was shut. Afterward, the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, I do not know you. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. This is a very sobering parable, to me it is at least, and it really stirs up something in me that I really hope to get across to you today, and that is about being prepared for your bridegroom, being prepared to kiss the bridegroom. You see, the church, we, the brethren, the church, we are the bride, and we are waiting for Jesus, our bridegroom. And just like any bride and bridegroom, how do they seal the deal at the altar? 
One kisses the other. The bridegroom kisses the bride. And the bride kisses the bridegroom. Now, it was custom that when there was going to be a wedding, that the bridegroom would take his groomsmen late at night to the house of the bride and her bridesmaids as part of the celebration. And and I'm talking about, you know, at the time that this parable was written. So when it was announced that the bridegroom was close, the ladies would get their lamps to help light the way for the fellows to the house and the bridegroom. So doesn't that make sense? If they're going to go to the the bride's home and the bridesmaids are there, then there need to be lamps to light the way for them. So when Jesus told this parable, they would have understood the context of the story. And the Jews never held a synagogue service, a circumcision, kept the Passover, or contracted a marriage unless there were at least 10 people present. Well, interestingly, in the book of Ruth, when Boaz marries Ruth, he had 10 witnesses. And that is found in the book of Ruth, chapter 4, verse 2. So in this parable, who is the bridegroom? Well, obviously, Jesus is the bridegroom. Now we're going to turn over to Psalm 45. And you're going to hear the bridegroom's resume. Okay. This is Psalm 45, reading out of the New King James Version, verses 1 through 8. Now, let me also tell you that um, this is a contemplation of the sons of Korah. This is a song of love. And it's really talking about the glories of the Messiah and his bride. So just listen and enjoy this. My heart is overflowing with a good theme. I recite my composition concerning the king. My tongue is the pen of a ready writer. You are fairer than the sons of men. Grace is poured upon your lips. Therefore, God has blessed you. Gird your sword upon your thigh, O mighty one, with your glory and your majesty. And in your majesty, ride prosperously because of truth, humility, and righteousness. And your right hand shall teach you awesome things. Your arrows are sharp in the heart of the king's enemies, the people's Fall under you. Your throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of your kingdom. You love righteousness and hate wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness more than your companions. All of your garments are scented with myrrh and aloes and cassia. Out of the ivory palaces by which they have made you glad. Okay. 
Now that is a resume of the bridegroom. This bridegroom, Jesus, he rides with majesty, with glory, and he rides prosperously because of truth, humility, and righteousness. So, and his scepter is a scepter of righteousness, and that's the scepter of his kingdom. His throne is forever. He loves righteousness, Jesus does, and he hates wickedness. And God has anointed Jesus with the oil of gladness, and he has scented Jesus' garments with myrrh, aloes, and cassia. This is our bridegroom, Jesus. So the bridegroom is also represented not just here, but in the Song of Solomon or Song of Songs, and through the New Testament, and speaks of his singular and incredible love and his faithful covenant with his spouse, the church. We have to grasp this singular and incredible love that Jesus has, that the Father has, for his bride, the church. Hosea, chapter 2, we're going to turn there. Hosea is in the Old Testament, and Hosea was a prophet. And there are quite a few chapters in the book of Hosea, but we're going to turn to chapter 2, and we're going to look at verses 19 and 20. And this is what the Lord is saying through the prophet. I will betroth you to me. Me is capitalized. Me, meaning God, Jesus. I will, be, I will betroth you to me forever. Yes, I will betroth you to me in righteousness and justice, in loving kindness and mercy. I will betroth you to me in faithfulness and you shall know the Lord. So if you are a married individual, you remember the wedding vows that you took and the exchange of the rings. I want you to think about this for just a minute. When he says here, yes, I will betroth you to me in righteousness and justice. In other words, the bridegroom is saying to the bride, we, the church, I'm betrothing you to me in righteousness and justice and loving kindness and mercy and faithfulness. So we enter a covenant because that's what marriage is. It's a covenant. We enter the marriage covenant with Jesus knowing that we are betrothed to him in four very important areas. We are betrothed in righteousness, in justice, in loving kindness, in mercy. Excuse me, I said four, I meant five. Mercy and faithfulness. Now that says a lot about our bridegroom. And of course, we know that a marriage covenant 
is a two-way street. It's not just a one-way relationship. So if he's betrothed to you and I in righteousness, justice, loving kindness, mercy, and faithfulness, then we are also betrothed to him. In other words, when I said, I want to be born again, I became saved, Jesus became real, a reality in my heart, in my spirit, and in my soul, guess what? I then, right then, I was betrothed to him to walk in faithfulness, to walk in loving kindness, to walk in mercy, to walk in righteousness and justice. That's the knitting of our hearts. That's the um, binding of the covenant, the marriage covenant between the bride and the bridegroom. So the covenant is bound in these five things. Righteousness, justice, loving kindness, mercy, faith. What does that mean to you and I as a believer? Here's what it means. Jesus is committed, is covenanted, and he's not a covenant breaker because the Bible tells us that. He holds fast to his covenant but he, he is committed and covenanted, covenanted to us to be to us righteousness. See, Jesus will always be righteousness to you and I. He will always be justice. He will always operate out of loving kindness and mercy. Because that's his nature and he cannot operate contrary to his nature. Loving kindness and mercy are his nature. He cannot operate in any other way. So to you and I, we are covenanted to him. And he has an obligation through that covenant to walk with us in loving kindness, in mercy, in faithfulness, he is, meaning he's always going to be faithful to you and I, the bride. He's going to be faithful. This bride, let me tell you about this bridegroom, okay? This is not some flaky, shaky bridegroom. This is not some bridegroom who kisses the bride one day and a month later is out having an affair with another bride, another woman, another person. This is a faithful bridegroom. I think you need to think about that for just a moment. Because many people are getting married today. And their bridegroom is extremely unfaithful. He may be unfaithful in finances. Refusing to get a job. Refusing to take care of the family. Or it may be just unfaithful and in ways of being, you know, um, having infidelity. But this bridegroom, this Jesus, this bridegroom is going to be faithful in every aspect, in every aspect to you and I. And he operates out of the nature of who he is, out of loving kindness and mercy. He's not waiting to drop 
a thousand-pound lead ball on your head when you make a mistake. He's merciful. And the only way he knows how to function is through righteousness and justice. And I dare say there are spouses out there that are very unjust to the other spouse. And I don't think I need to go into ways that a person can be unjust to the other, but, you know, we see that more and more. We know that divorce is, you know, it's it's commonplace, unfortunately, in our society and our culture. So there are a lot of casualties from marriage, a lot of people who are broken and hurt, discouraged, hardened in their heart. But see, this bridegroom, this bridegroom is always going to operate out of a righteous way toward us and a just way. And see, he's always fighting for his bride because he's a God of justice. So whenever there's an injustice on our behalf, guess what? Bridegroom Jesus is going to fight to twist that unjust thing and turn it around and cause it to be just for us. Now, I have a situation that I've been going through for two years, a crazy, just a crazy thing. So I'll just give you without, um, I won't name anyone's name, but I contracted with someone to put in a new driveway on the back part of our house, okay? So we put in the um, concrete pavers because having the coal mine mine under us, we were concerned that maybe if there was any shifting or whatever, if we put new concrete, it would crack and break. So pavers seemed the way to go. I picked a color and it was put in. And we put a lot of pavers in. This was a huge project. Okay, so I complained to the person who put this, who I contracted with, that some of the pavers were broken. Some were pretty chipped and looked pretty rough. And I wanted them replaced. And there were probably about uh, 42, 43 pavers that needed replaced. And this individual said that Okay, they would, you know, address that. Well, as time went on, they just drug their feet, drug their feet until June of this year. Now, this started in August of 2015. This is now June of 2017. Okay, we're going to come put the new pavers in. When they came to put the new pavers in, they were a different color because you know what happens. The lot color changes with anything after, you know, a certain period of time. Well, they were obviously not the right color. And I was telling the men who were installing them, hey, you better call the boss. I don't like these. They don't match. So they called the boss. He got on the phone with me and he's like, oh, they'll be okay. They'll be okay. I'm like, I'm telling you, they don't match at all. So that's June, early June. 
we get into July, I continue with this, you know, this is not good. Uh, finally, at the end of August, I said, look, these pavers don't match. They're not right. Never heard anything. And a contractor friend who actually uh, is the one who uh, got this fellow for me, he had come down to take photographs of the new deck and everything. And I said, please come look at these pavers. And he said, oh, my goodness, they don't match. I said, would you tell so-and-so, your friend, who put these in? So he took pictures, sent them, and, okay, so lo and behold, the contractor contacts me and said, oh, yes, you know, we're going to get you new pavers. Well, guess what? They came last week to put the new ones in, and they still don't match. And I told him, you know, this is the color. Of course, he has that on record. And they don't match. They're like the other ones that were put in in June. They don't match. It's a different lot color. It They don't match. Here I am. Two years have passed. And I don't have the right stones. They don't match. And I said, Lord, you are the God of justice. See? He's my bridegroom. And he's been betrothed to me. See, the word says it here in Hosea chapter 2. He says he's betrothed to me. And he's betrothed to me in righteousness and justice. So I can sit back and relax and say, God, I don't know how you're going to find the right unilock color of stones, because it's now been two years. But somewhere, somewhere in the United States, somebody has in their yard, stockyard, they've got this color. And I need this man to find them so that they can get replaced. Why? Because he's the God of justice. He has to make right for me what this man didn't make right for me. You see, had he replaced the stones back two years ago when I requested it, it wouldn't, we wouldn't have this issue. But he didn't want to do it at that time, and he just drug his feet. And so now I'm stuck, except I'm not stuck. And that's my point. I have been betrothed to the bridegroom. I'm his bride, and I have been betrothed to him in righteousness and justice, and that means that he will make it right for me because I'm his bride. He will make it right for me. Now, those of you who get married and are married, don't you try to do, if there's an issue or a problem, don't you try to solve it for your spouse? I mean, don't you go to the ends of the earth to try to make it right, to make things work, to make, you know, to, to get some satisfaction in a situation? Well, he's the same, only he's greater and better than any spouse that we could have. So I can rest and sit back and say, Lord, I have no idea, literally, I don't, where these, where the correct color of Concrete stones are. I have pavers. I have no idea where they are. All I know is I've been waiting for two years for justice. I've been waiting for two years to get my driveway the way it's supposed to be. 
I paid a lot of money for it. So I've got a bridegroom who's fighting for me and fighting on my behalf. He betrothed me to him in righteousness and justice, and he will make a way. And I assure you, in my natural mind, I can't figure it out. There's no way I can figure it out. I just know if it has to be some supernatural thing, if God just has to plop them out of heaven down here on the earth for me, he will. Because he's my bridegroom. And he operates in justice for me because he's betrothed to me. And see, that's where he's faithful. Look, I will betroth you to me in faithfulness. And you shall know the Lord. See, we have to get to a place where we really understand who this Jesus is. He's not just somebody who died on a cross, you know, shed his blood, and we celebrate, you know, uh, his death and resurrection at Easter, and we celebrate his birth soon coming in December. He's more than that. And that's what I'm trying to get across to you today and that I really want you to understand he's more than that. He's way more than that. I have been betrothed to him and so have you if you call on his name and you are his child. We've been betrothed to him in righteousness and in justice, in loving kindness and mercy. That means that he's going to, every time he deals with me or he deals with you, he's going to deal with us out of loving kindness and mercy. Yes, he has to chasten us at times, but he will chasten us out of loving kindness and mercy. I assure you, I've been taken to the woodshed by him, and it doesn't hurt. He's so kind and so merciful. And he's just faithful. And I I just want to get that across to you because um, when you understand that truth... When you understand these two scriptures, verses 19 and 20 in Hosea chapter 2, you will understand something about Jesus that maybe you never understood before. See, he's going to operate out of the nature and character of who he is, but he's also a warrior king, right? He's a warrior bridegroom, and he's going to war on my behalf and your behalf for justice and righteousness. You see, because this individual, this contractor, he lied. You know, he's lied several times. I haven't kept track, but trust me. And he's not been righteous in how he's treated me. He's not been righteous in how he's done things with regard to making things right. Although, if you talk to him, he's always trying to make it right. But we are two years later, and things are not right. But I have a bridegroom, and so do you. (laughs) And I tell you what, I want to kiss the bridegroom because I love him, because he loves me, and he's been betrothed to me, and he's been betrothed to you. And you, you need to grab a hold of that. See, because if you don't understand that, you struggle, and you don't trust him, and you don't understand what he's trying to do on your behalf. And then you let the enemy lie to you and you believe those crazy lies. Don't believe the enemy. Believe God's word. 
believe these scriptures. Write them on the palm of your hand. Write them on the the tablet of your heart, scripture says. You see, and then it says, and you shall know the Lord. Because what happens is when, when you trust him as your bridegroom and understand that you are betrothed to him, then you will truly know the Lord. Amen. You will know the Lord. You will know your bridegroom. You will understand this marriage contract that you have entered into. Amen. Well, I can hardly believe that we are out of time, but we're going to pick this up again. So this is just part one of Kiss the Bridegroom. This is Dawn Noble. If you would um, like to listen to this podcast again, now I've been telling you to go to www.pureheart.today. We're having a little trouble and we've had a little trouble and I should have mentioned that before. All the podcasts from September and October are not up, but they will be up sometime this week. So if you would like to listen to it, you can go to the um, website pureheart.today and listen. And um, I look forward to being with you again. So I will leave you saying shalom, shalom. Peace be unto you.